Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Hi, I'm former Buffalo Bills wide receiver Don Beebe, and you're listening to Nate and the Fellas on Circling the Wagons podcast on the Buffalo Rumblings podcast network. Because nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Go Bills. Welcome to the Circling the Wagons podcast, a podcast discussing the Bills all year round with interviews, news, recaps, and insightful fan discussion. Most times. Here's your host and lifelong Bills fan, Nate. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Circling the Wagons, a Buffalo Rumblings podcast. I am your host, Nate. Thank you so much for joining us on another off-season episode. We are uh, so excited to have this next guest on. Um, I was on his podcast uh, a week prior. We had such a good conversation. I knew I had to have him on. Um, it was so much fun. Um, he is the podcast and YouTube manager for uh, the official Bills Mafia page at Buffalo Fanbase, and he hosts the Justice for All podcast. And I am joined by podcaster, hoster, manager, extraordinaire, video editor. You do it all, man. Justice Radford. How's it going, Justice? Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, I'm, I'm doing really good. I'm doing really good. Um, I, I have like a, a new outlook on life, you know what I mean? And um, I, I feel really good. You know, it's just like one of those times where you just feel at peace. Um, and I feel like that's that's kind of the space I'm in. So that feels pretty good, you know. But how are you doing, man? I appreciate you having me on. Good, good. I I mean, so so not as good as when I so I went on vacation this past weekend. We went up to uh this place up in Cortland where they have like an indoor water park for the kids and stuff like that. It was like a perfect like, you know, birthday weekend slash was it getaway. Like Great Wolf. Oh, it was it's just like that. Yeah. It's just like that. It's Love a place like that. I know the lodges and stuff like that, and it's not peak ski season, so you know, there's a lot of there's a lot of room. It's it's awesome. Yeah, it's like Great absolutely. Wolf Lodge. Have you ever been to a Great Wolf Lodge? Oh before? man, absolutely. My mom uh took us when we were kids. Uh one of the best weekends of my life. We also went to Kalahari, uh, which is like the biggest indoor water thing in you know, in the so but the Great Wolf was better, I gotta admit. But <laughs> Either way, it was it was a really good time. I love vacations like those. And a road trip. A good road trip is always top notch. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I make sure my son knows that, like, it's so important to get good road trip snacks, too. Absolutely. You know, you got to get, like, the, the stuff that you would not you would never normally buy for yourself because you're trying to be an adult now, right? Like, like Pringles. Worms. Like gummy worms. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> all that stuff. Combos, beef jerky, all that. Combos. <laughs> That's a classic. Absolutely. Uh so, uh, but obviously, you know, we'd be remiss if we didn't discuss a little bit of um, what happened this weekend. I did find that out on social media in between, you know, uh, you know, being off with the family and coming back to the room. And I saw Buffalo trending on Twitter uh, and obviously not for anything good uh, with this with this scenario is, is really sad. Um, and I'm sure all, everyone that's listening already knows about it, but it was the shooting uh, in the tops market. Um, in Buffalo, uh, just really tragic. Um, 10 people, uh, passed away and I believe three or three or more might be in the hospital at this point. Um, I mean, we we're learning more and more, like as the minute goes by, by the time we record it, we're you're, and post it, you know, tomorrow it's going to, we're going to even know um, even more. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, before, before we get into some fun topics, I want to talk about the bill schedule with you. I haven't had a chance to really review that with anyone. Um, and then, uh, uh, you know, some fun bar discussions. But before we get into that stuff, um, 
you know, Justice, obviously, you know, you mentioned on Twitter, you know, how this affected you. This this gentleman, I can't even say, I shouldn't even say that, but like this person, uh, he was he was doing something that was racially motivated. Um, it's very sad that that there's hatred like that out there, and especially when it, someone takes it to that level of cruelty to people um, based on something that you know it's just a part of them you know mm-hmm. like it's not it's not your i don't know it always gets tough for me when you judge people based on a certain feature as to how they treat you or how you treat them but um justice you've been vocal about it on twitter i wanted to allow you the i'm sure you'll talk about it in your own podcast you know on your own channel and stuff like that but um but for us at the circling the wagons podcast people in buffalo rumblies podcast network our listeners um you know just anything that you want to share um as much or as little as you want about the situation and, and maybe like how, how you felt about it the last 24 hours. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just first of all, rest in peace to everybody that was harmed. Um, you know, I, my thoughts and prayers and love is with everybody and affected. Like when I tell you tops is like 0.7 miles away from my house, like my apartment, like I could walk to tops that tops specifically. And, 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 you know, hearing, you know, about this whole grand scheme the kid had, like, and then, you know, he, he talks about the possibility of, like, going down Jefferson Street and doing even, you know, more evil. Like, I walked my little sister, you know, to soccer practice down Jefferson Street. Like, that's sick, you know. And um, it really sucks that I could sit here and be as positive as I possibly could, and I could you know, be the most loving and caring person in the world and that someone would want to harm, you know, just because of, I, I, I have more melanin <laughs> in my skin, you know, um, that really is, it's not hard to, it's not, it's not easy to, to sleep with. It's not easy to live with, you know, um, and, uh, you know, that really sucks. I think, you know, even people who have that hate, you know, take a look at, the history of the African-American in this country. First of all, you have to 500 years of just straight evil, you know, um, and then the next hundred years weren't great either, you know, and, and um, you, you take a look at the resiliency of, 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 of our people and, you know, the way we've been sabotaged and getting kicked down and we still rise up and we still, you know, are able to do great things. And um, if you just take a step back and look outside of yourself and maybe try to see things from another perspective. I think that you will come away with a totally different opinion of you know, African American people, African American people, as you currently do whatever that may be, you know, um, because of course, you know, there are people who don't necessarily say it out loud or, or, you know, go around with automatic weapons, but, you know, there's still a, a lot of damage that can be done by the average person that, you know, just speaks to, you know, negatively about an entire community of people, black or not, um, that you will never be able to empathize with. Um, You really should try to, if you can't see things from that, that perspective and you'll never be able to understand that perception, then maybe you should just like not, speak on it or, or, you know, most certainly I don't think it's healthy or doing anybody any favors to, to combat it or, um, you know, speak to it in a 
derogatory way. So I just think, you know, uh, people need more perspective in, in the world. Yeah. Yeah. Those are, those are all great points, Justice. I think, I think a lot of the time too, uh, it feels like people in this person's case is that they don't know a lot of people of, you know, the, the whatever, whether it's Chinese, whether it's African American, whether it's white, whether it's straight, whether it's trans, whatever, like they don't proximity know is big proximity. Exactly. It's like, you know, you have this thought in your head and it's out of fear and you just turn that fear into hatred and the ignorance into hatred. And it's, it's sad. Like, um, you know, I remember like, so, so like my dad, like growing up, like would say things that were kind of off color growing up, like just in generalities of people that, you know, not necessarily African-American, but like, you know, just in general, like they were dumb, like th thoughts of somebody that grew up, his grandfather, you know, grew up in World War II, you know, that stuff like that was, and my mom would shut him right down. And my dad now, I mean, he's older now, he's in his seventies, but he's learned to be, you know, a little bit more open and, you know, he's... When when you have people that just get an echo chamber of the same thing of like yeah. just negativity, like if my mom was like, yeah, you know, Bill, you're right, you know, screw that, whatever, whatever, like it would probably just resonate in him with us and with with me that never did because I mean my mom was definitely my dad was a louder one, but my mom was the one that ran the ran the place, yeah. <laughs> and she was always so open minded about stuff like that, and that's just my own perspective. No, I mean honestly, I I can't even blame your dad. It was okay to talk this way. It was okay to feel this way just 50 years ago. So who could blame them? Because, I mean, that was the norm. You know what I mean? And that's what's sick. That's what's evil, right? And and it's really a societal thing, you know? So, like, I can't blame any one individual. Uh, it, it's taught. It's learned behavior. And, and that's the thing we, we have to, I mean, you want to say educate, but you know, no matter how much you educate, and then you get situations like this, that's gonna, you know, that's, that's not helping anything. Right. So, um, but I do think, like you said, proximity is a big thing. I think the more you are exposed to people that don't necessarily look like you or think the way you think, the more you get an understanding for why they are the way they are, or feel the way they feel about things. And I think that's really important for everybody to be exposed to different perspectives that don't really uh, match their own. Yeah, that's absolutely. Absolutely. I 100% uh, would would think that I would hope that like people that are listening to this podcast, people out there, if you're hearing like, just get like, I was fortunate. One of our listeners it runs um, a, a trans, uh, a trans podcast um, called the Violet Wanderers. And she's like, Hey, you know, do you want, do you want to mind if I coming on our podcast? I'm like, sure. I'm like, I don't, I'll do I don't have much to add or like, not, I don't have much to add, but you know, I, I I'll, I want to learn more. Like I don't, I don't have any friends you can't speak that I, to their perspective, I can't but you're a supporter. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. Mm -hmm. I want to, I want a more rounded. I mean, the older you get to, you know, the more rounded you want to, you hope to be mm -hmm. growth mindset, right? Like we talk about that with the Buffalo bills. Like we should each have that socially, mentally, educationally. And, uh, but yeah, you mentioned, I mean, you know, thoughts and prayers to those families, those, those people that have, you know, that, that family that won't come home tonight from work or from, you know, obviously the grocery store or whatever. It's, it's, that's, it's so sad. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, um, so first off, thank you for, thank you for, you know, giving your thoughts, um, you know, and, and I certainly appreciate that. Um, thank you for opening being, up your platform. 
for it. I appreciate that. So absolutely, absolutely. Um, so let's get on to a topic that's uh, a little bit more neutral. Unfortunately, it feels weird to talk about sports right now when that's going on in the world. But sometimes sports is a good distraction. Absolutely. From from the things that are going on around us, and it kind of unifies us um, together, like a fan base does, to, to all root for one thing. So let's yeah. let's talk about the Buffalo Bills, um, the season schedule that came out. Um, so there's a lot of interesting things are happening. Like I always think it's funny that people, and and I get the hype behind it. I'm not one of those people that gets hyped up for the season schedule. <laughs> to me, it's like, we know who they're going to play. It's right. not like, Oh, Oh, oh my God. Like we're going to play the Vikings. I thought it could be, you know, the lion, you know, it's just, we know who they're playing. It's just a matter of what order now, right. you know, uh, but it's still fun. It's still like the off season. Like we don't have anything to look for until, you know, training camp. So um, anything good. I mean, there could be injuries. We don't want to hear about injuries of the off. I think it's only fun because there's so much pandemonium because if there wasn't, I wouldn't care. Like, so it's like I could take it either way. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so first things first, you know, I'm looking at the schedule, and uh, and another reason why I love having like someone like you on Justice that like is a host of a podcast <laughs> is that I can actually ask you questions. You're so busy, like when you had myself on and Charlie on, you're so busy asking questions. I feel like you don't get enough chance to actually say what you think. Yeah. So here's your chance, man. So really, overall, like you know, the schedule in general. Did you have? Any overall thoughts when you saw it, or uh, or thoughts either way, or even thoughts specifically on certain games, or or how did it catch you? Um, I, I thought it was it was interesting that it was like what five or nine teams or something like that with five primetime games, and then they get the Bills on primetime or not primetime on um, uh, Thanksgiving at twelve thirty. Like, come on, you know you want to put the bills in prime time there. And um I think I think that's funny because the that could have gave the Bills the most prime time games. That was really the only thing that stuck out. I was like, oh they were being they were being a little, you know, uh <laughs> a little stingy. Yeah, stingy, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> well what about that? So I kind of consider Thanksgiving like a prime that if you're playing that day, I would even argue that 1230 is almost prime time. It's like when people start coming over or they've been over for an hour, a couple hours, maybe some people eat dinner at like one o'clock. Like, so, so like this is almost prime time. Cause for me, like I'm home for the 830 game or whatever it is. Like I'm home in my, you know, in my house. So I, I, I think you're right. I think it almost is a six prime time game. I'm going to give it to us on that one. I think, I think that one counts. <laughs> yeah, I, but you're right because th that twelve thirty is the game that everybody's waiting for, right? Because you you've been smelling the food in the house because you know your mom or your grandma or your girlfriend or your wife has been cooking, and you know, um, or husband or whatever, yeah, you know, yeah, um, yeah, have been cooking, and then you know you, you got to sit there, and the only distraction until everything is ready is football. So you know you're anxious for football to come on that morning, and twelve thirty you don't even have to wait till one. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I, I'd say that's a prime time game too. So what do you think about the Bills being not only having like a home opener or whatever, but having the season opener against the Super Bowl defending Los Angeles Rams on Thursday night football, eight twenty p.m. Like that's that's the cream of the crop right there right like i mean it doesn't get any like the bills have arrived as a team if you're if the bill if they were like the detroit lions they would never let them play against the super bowl because it'd be a stopping this one they're like you know the bills can show up 
in LA, if they pull off a win against that team, the Bills, the Bills are already a favorite. They're gonna just, you know, skyrocket. they're gonna leap to yeah, skyrocket. Like they're gonna be talking Josh Allen over Patrick Mahomes, which we, hopefully we will get to later. But um <laughs> but I mean, what did you think about when you heard that that, that was gonna be the season opener? So I'm twenty seven years old, right? I was born in ninety five, okay. So I first became like cognizant. I was I started watching football when I was two, just because my dad had me, you know, and we were watching football, right? And I became like cognizant of the game around like three or four, right? So my earliest play my earliest football memory of watching football is the Music City Miracle, right? Mm. So then after that, it's just straight depression. core memory, core memory. So yeah, sad. <laughs> exactly. Right. Like that, that's one of the ones from my childhood. It's <laughs> always going to live with me. Right. And then, um, <laughs> then the next 20 years or next 17 years, it's just like, you know, the drought and, and nothing really significant happened as far as being one of the best teams in the league or being a powerhouse, et cetera. You know, um, and last year was really our first taste of like, Okay, you got a good team. You know you're a good team. We're expecting you to be a good team. And then they go out and they were a good team, you know, with some flaws, right? And um, they ended up finishing strong. And then it was like, oh, okay, yeah, they ultimately were a great team. And they really probably were the best team. But, you know, things happen and, and Lady Luck wasn't on our side, right? So for me to see that we are playing the Super Bowl defending champions, like, in the first game of the season, I've never even sniffed anything like that. Like it's always 1 p.m. on Sunday. That's when the Buffalo Bills are starting their season, right? Never would dream that it would be on a Thursday. And then you get to celebrate a W for week one in the extra four days, extra three days, whatever. You know, like I'm I'm super excited. I, I could really can't believe it's it's surreal. It really is surreal. You know, like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's funny. Normally, it's like one p.m. against the Jets yep. in New Jersey. Like, no one cares. No one cares about that game. That's on the same lineup as like eight other one p.m. Exactly. games. <laughs> What's what I like about this Thursday night season opener is that the Bills have all training camp and off season to prepare for this Thursday night. Normally, when it's a Thursday night game, you have between Sunday and Thursday to build up a game plan, practice all that stuff. Right? Um, the Bills go into this like preparing for this Thursday night game and then they get 11 days until the next game the next primetime game against the Titans which are a tough team another tough team that they're going to play against the Titans so that gives them even more like this is if you're looking for two primetime games to be right next to each other like this is almost an ideal scenario to give you the most amount of time to prepare for either team and both are going to be I mean these aren't these aren't cupcake teams you know these are legitimate playoff contending possible super contending depending on lady luck uh you know this is these are two i mean i was psyched to see that i mean what were your thoughts on like either that or the beginning of the schedule or anything uh, yeah. in that realm uh man you, like you said you know these are two super bowl con- i mean the titans were the number one seed last year like you can't really take that away you know is as, as, if you want to say they're mediocre or whatever i would agree with you but they were the number one seed you do have to give them respect until it's not due right um so especially us because they beat us the last two years, you know, um, one obviously shouldn't have counted because it was hold central, but you know, that's neither here nor there. Um, the, you know, I'm, I feel with that game, however, uh, I, I think they would have needed the full might of AJ Brown 
Derrick Henry, a healthy O-line, and Ryan Tannehill to be playing like a top 12 quarterback in the league to beat us, you know, because that's what they had last time, right? Um, and they just barely beat us. They beat us because, you know, <laughs> Deion Dawkins kind of got blown up a little bit, you know? Uh, so you lose A.J. Brown, like, you know, Sky, I think it's Sky Moore. No, no, Sky Moore, is he with the Chiefs? Yeah, I think Sky Moore's with the Chiefs. I forget who the but but they, keep going, I'll got, find out. They got a receiver and I don't, I forget who it is, but I know he ain't replacing the the you know value of an AJ Brown. There's no way he couldn't, especially maybe not as definitely not as a rookie. You know, uh maybe he might one day, possibly, if you know luck is on their side, but they you know, you lose AJ Brown and then you got a disgruntled quarterback Trey, at Traylon Burks. Traylon Burks, yep. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think he's going to replace the, the value of AJ Brown. And, you know, uh, you got a disgruntled quarterback and Ryan Tannehill who is looking over his shoulder now, right? He's not going to be a mentor. So, uh, you know, it, it seems a little, you know, it, it seems like trolling paradise for the, the number one reigning AFC seed, you know, so I, I feel like that's a very impressive two and oh for the Bills to start out with. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I got a couple of questions about that. And we're obviously not going to go in every team like this in depth or else we'd never get through the entire podcast. But this is special because not only do you have, uh, you know, memories, uh, like I mentioned, one of your core memories is the Music City Miracle, which is so sad. I wish I wish you like became a Bills fan right after that point, because it would have been sad. Right. But like you would have not- never had that exactly. level of like that deep depression. Right. Right. Uh, so, so first off, I have to ask you, because that is such a part of your childhood, when the Bills beat the Titans, does it even matter any more than normal? Because they've lost, uh, you know, several games in the in recent history. Like, or does it matter? It's just another win, whatever. Do you care? I mean, um, so like when Tyrod would do it, you know, it felt good because it was a W, but it didn't really mean anything more or less. Um, you know, I just, just want the Bills to go out there and get a W, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, what I always find interesting is when, these teams, like, and the, and the Dolphins have done it recently, like, when they traded Minka Fitzpatrick for a first-round pick, you know, when these really good, like, stud players, like A.J. Brown, when the Titans trade A.J. Brown for a first-round pick, it's like, that's all well and good. But now you're banking on the fact that this guy is going to be as good as A.J. Brown to get any sort of return, because anything good, anything other than really good is a loss in any scenario, right? And even if he is really good, now it's just an equal trade, right? Like you got, you just, you just got enough for him, right? Or whatever the case is. Um, and most of the times they'll even, they won't even see a second contract. They'll just flame out of the league, you know, have the time. So, uh, it's, it, that was, it's always interesting to me when people do that, when they trade away really good players, like top 10 players at their position or whatever, um, just for, just for a pick. I always find that interesting. Like when the, the, the Vikings did that for Stefan Diggs. Like sure, they got Justin Jefferson, but like now lucky. it's an even, yeah, it was lucky. Now yeah. it's an even trade. Cause he's maybe as good as Stefan Diggs, maybe, you know? It's, it's, what, it's like the, the family guy thing, uh, where it's like, you could have a boat or you could have the mystery prize. He was like, let's do the mystery prize. It could be a boat. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you already have one, you know, so that's always yeah. what I related to. Somebody said yeah. that on Twitter. I can't remember. <laughs> That's good. That's good. That's good. So, um, so the Titans, you know, we have that one. And like you said, minus like, uh, a Deion Dawkins blown block or like, you know, Josh Allen slipping on the, on the turf or whatever it was, like just bad luck. The Bills would have won that game. But what I find interesting, I'm looking at the schedule in general and I look at the first, uh, you know, what is it up to week eight? 
So they play the Rams, the Titans, the Dolphins, the Ravens, the Steelers, the Chiefs, and then they have a bye week, and then the Packers. Like, first of all, that's a good time to have a bye week before the Green Bay Packers because that's going to be a really tough game. I look at that stretch as like the Rams, the Titans, the Ravens, the Chiefs, the Packers are going to be tough teams to beat. Um, could you win 50-50 of those or all of them? Possibly. Um, but those are tough teams. I think that's a tough stretch. The first, I guess, six weeks and then the eight weeks, if you include the Packers after the bye week, like that's a tough stretch of games. I'm not ready to count the Steelers out with Mitch Trubisky. I think that you know Mike Tomlin's a pretty good head coach, and he'll figure out a way around it. You know, with the Ravens, Lamar Jackson being healthy again, the Dolphins, you know, building around Tua. If Tua takes a big step this season with Tyree Kill, that could be an issue. I see that as a tough first half of the schedule, and then the rest is isn't that bad. Minus like the Bengals and possibly the Patriots twice, but other than that, like that 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 first that first. Uh, have the season is kind of brutal. What do you think about that? And do you see the same sort of things when you look at the schedule? So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I just, I see the Bills as what? What was that? Uh, was that the eleven Patriots when they went undefeated? Oh, yeah, I think so. Eleven or twelve? Yeah, yeah. So okay, I think so. That's literally how I see the Bills. Right? I see the Bills as we had to gear up to stop those unbeatable Kansas City Chiefs, right? Uh, healthy, unbeatable. You know, when they were healthy, they were unbeatable. And we had to gear up to do that. And obviously they lost Tyree Kill, and Tyree Kill plus Patrick Mahomes is all-time. Tyree Kill's minus Mahomes, really good, but not all-time. Patrick Mahomes minus Tyree Kill, I think, is really, really good. I don't think it's going to be all-time, right? So we'll see. Um, but... Um, I, I think they really just handicapped themselves. So I say that to say that we build our roster, you know, in, in hopes of beating like Kang the Conqueror, like, you know what I mean? Like this unbeatable force. Right. And, and that's how we build our roster. And I think Brandon Bean, if they didn't blow it up, well, blow it up, but if they didn't give away Tyreek, I think this roster still beats them, you know, and, and Brandon Bean has really, uh, you know, develop this roster in a way where I feel like it is bar none, top to bottom, the best and then some roster in the NFL. Um, and then I, I so I, I, I take that and I look at it and I say, well, all these teams now have to bring it to us, right? You have to match our energy, right? So you look at a game like uh, the Packers, for instance, right? That's maybe the most talented quarterback that has ever stepped on a football field on the other side of the ball. Right. But you don't have Devontae Adams anymore. And that's really, really, really big. Like that's huge because he had telepathy with Devontae Adams. It, it, it was literally like they were just on the same page at all times and they could literally just break you by themselves. Right. Didn't matter what you do. He's, if you think a slant is coming, he's going right around the edge, you know, for, for a streak. Right. And it's going to be on the money every time. And, um, you don't have that chemistry with any, I mean, None of the receivers that you currently have are as close to as talented as him. So even if you do have that chemistry, it's not going to look the same. And then if you do have a receiver that's coming in as a rookie that may be as talented as him, you don't have the chemistry. So it's, it's not going to look the same. So I don't see how they could beat us in, in that sense. Right. Um, 
you know, and, and you look at teams like the Ravens, obviously last year was, was really bad for them. Um, they were riddled with injuries. And um, so we'll see what they look like, you know, coming back. But again, that's, you know, you have less continuity now, you know, and again, you, you kind of have to match our energy level. So I, I look at it as like the bills are, are the favorites in every game to me because who else is really touching us top to bottom? Like it, it's really going to take, you know, lady luck to really decide some games for some of these other teams that hope to beat us, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, th- those are all really great points, Justice. I mean, even look at, like, you mentioned all these great teams losing receivers. I mean, you're talking, like, you know, really good receivers, Devontae Adams and Green Bay. Like, I mean, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers will make all the wide receivers around him better. He just does. But it's different from from making, like, an average receiver good and a good receiver really good and a really good receiver elite the best in the league yeah the best in the league you know like uh it's it's a lot different of a situation to do that so like you know will green bay like do well with their their rookie wide receivers with the current you know stable i'm sure like will it be Devontae adams ask no will will patrick mahomes be able to make you know sky more tyreek hilled i doubt it you know, it's unlikely just because of how good Tyreek Hill is. And the flip side of that, what are the odds that Tua is going to make Tyreek Hill reach his potential? Because he does Tyreek Hill even ever reach his potential without an amazing quarterback like Patrick Mahomes, right? You, you got to wonder that. And then, so I didn't get a chance to mention the, the LA Rams. So, like, look at the defensive side, losing Von Miller. One could argue that he was the final, the final, like, piece that pushed them over the edge to win them that Super Bowl, and now they don't have them. Now we have them, <laughs> you know? Uh, so, yeah, that's that's good. You know, I'm glad I had you on. See, this makes me feel better about this season. <laughs> this way, there was, I was looking at a rough stretch. Now I'm looking at 8-0, you know? So this is, this is good. Yeah. Uh, that's that's definitely other, how I feel as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but other than that, I mean, you just look at, like, you know, the, obviously the Jets twice, you know, not really an issue. The Dolphins, um, maybe we lose one. I, I think I doubt it though, just the way, you know, the Bills have been playing. But I mean, the, the Patriots, unless, you know, another, uh, crazy winter blizzard. Ha- yeah. For hour. Yeah. yeah for our wins. Yeah, exactly. And um, Stefan and Diggs know. dropping a wide open pass in the end zone. That's never happening again. So, yeah. you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then you also think about, you know, you were mentioning, um, geez, which, uh, the, 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 the Kansas State Chiefs game. The Bills have Tredavious White. The Bills win that game. You know, easy. They have Kyir Elam as a rookie. They probably win that game. Absolutely. You know, you're looking at like Von Levi Miller, Wallace. They certainly win that game. They both, yeah. <laughs> uh, so no, no, you're right. I mean, this is the, this is the deepest, most talented team from top to bottom that we've seen as a Bills fan. And it's good to hear that. That's kind of what I walked away with after the draft, after free agency. It sucks to lose. We lost some good guys, but like in the end, like, I would so much rather lose like the second and third tier guys and always keep the first tier guys, always pay those guys, the Stefan Diggs of the world, the Tredavis Whites, the Deion Dawkins, the Matt Milanos, in my opinion, Matt Milano, like, you know, Von Miller's like those guys, like you have to pay the best. And then, you know, you just you do what you can with the, the second and third tier guys. Yeah, absolutely. Um, great point. Um, because I, that's exactly what I think Brandon Bean's philosophy is, right? You have your main core guys. Right. Your Josh Allen's, your Tredavious White's, your Ed Oliver's, you know, those guys, you, you have your core guys. Uh, and then 
they're so amazing at scouting talent, like out of college and from other teams and stuff, except on the defensive line. But, you know, they fixed that. It, at least in, it looks that way today on paper at our current defensive line. It looks like they fixed that problem. Uh, but we felt that way before. So we'll see. Right. Um, but, uh, I, like Brandon Bean is Batman in a world where there are no superheroes. Right. He's just 27 steps ahead of everybody else. Right. Uh, he has a contingency plan for everything, right? Because it, again, last year we were more talented than every single team we played, right? Every team we played, but you, you don't anticipate those games where your offensive line is totally getting ragdolled, like, you know, in the Steelers game or, uh, like in the Jacksonville game. Right. You don't you can't predict that, you know, if you're Brandon Bean specifically, maybe for Sean McDermott in season. But Brandon Bean in the offseason, he's thinking he's done enough to, you know, keep these things from happening. Right. And, um, and so, you know, situations like that happen. And, and those are hard to predict. Right. It's hard to predict that the Colts are going to run down your throat, you know, in, in rainy weather. Right. It's hard to predict 45 mile power games. But I think Brandon Bean did exactly just that. I feel like every possible way we lost last year and every possible way we could have lost this year he went and he plugged those holes right you know you 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 get your offensive line you get your starting offensive line attack right uh you you know who those five guys are and then you also get some depth that's good enough to maybe even try a couple of those guys right Kessenberry I feel like was the most pivotal signing on the offensive line it's like that gives you so much room for for like uh, error or growth or whatever, because he is a starter level offensive lineman already, right? So he may come and take somebody's job. That means Ryan Bates is back on the bench and Ryan Bates was one of our best offensive linemen last year, right? So now you have a contingency plan for that. Now you talk about getting ran on, you know, all over the place in Indianapolis. You, you get. Tim Settle, you get Daquan Jones, you get, you know, you got Ed Oliver before fourth season, you know, you get uh, Jordan Phillips and Boogie Basham for a second season, right? And then, and then not to mention, you also, you know, get the edges with Von Miller, you get uh, Gregory Rousseau for a second season, AJ Epinesa is, I think this is his third season, um, mm-hmm. you know, Shaq Lawson is back, right? Um, and, and, and you're, you're thinking like, all right, so now I have Gregory Rousseau, who is this freak talent. Let me go get him a Hall of Famer who's also a freak talent to teach him how to use it, right? So, like, mm-hmm. like you know what I mean? He got a contingency plan for that. Tredavious White is one of, if not the best cornerback in the league. He's not going to be here for half the season. When he was out, the secondary was still the number one secondary in the NFL. We still had the best defense in the NFL statistically, right? So now you get a freak athlete that's six feet that can run a 4-3-9, you know, uh, that has the length, that, that has the strength to play man and zone. You know, and then, and then, you know, you, you have him, you, you got Dane Jackson, who was a, a sixth, seventh round pick who just came in and just blew the, the, you know, expectations off of everything, right? And he's clearly talented enough to get the job done because, you know, Mick Frazier has this, this, the secondary just playing great at all times and not to mention having the best safety net in the world and Micah Hyde and Jordan Boyer, right? And, and so you get, you give that freak athlete, Kyer Elam, that coaching staff with those two mentors back there at safety with that mentor over there at, at the 27th overall pick a couple of years ago, Tredavious White. Right. And now he's battling out with Dane Jackson, who's a seventh round pick. 
right? And they, they've got this talent now. So that's your contingency plan for that. Not to mention the best slot corner in the world in Teron Johnson. Like, you know, like, you know, and, 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 you know, uh, they lost, uh, AJ Klein. Uh, you, you go get Tyrell Bernard and also Christian Benford. Listen, that might be the most underrated draft pick because Khalil Shakir, obviously, obviously that is insane value to get him at fifth, right? But Christian Benford is, he's going to shock a lot of people. I think he's going to be getting some playing time definitely next year, if not this year, right? Um, so wait, but, but, but does he get playing time at corner? Or at safety, I think he might be a safety. I think I, he might be a Jordan I, Foyer replacement. No, 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 no. I think oh. he's going to be a, a Saran Neal replacement, right? So okay. I think they they may want to keep Saran Neal like strictly special teams, and maybe give Christian Benford his role there on the defense. You know, um, mm-hmm. as, as that backup nickel type of type of thing. Um, so I think that'll that's going to be his role, and I think he may be. You know, does some duty at at corner. I don't know. I kind of like him as maybe a more of like a, a little free roamer a little bit because he's a ball hawk and he's not afraid of contact. He likes to hit. So, um, I'm I have really high hopes for that kid, right? Um, and it, so there's your contingency plan in the secondary. Obviously, do I have to name all the weapons that you gave the best quarterback walking of the planet? You know what I mean? Like Brandon Bean had a contingency plan for everything. He drafted a punter, Nate. Nate, he drafted a punter. He was like, I got a contingency plan for that. If Tyler Bass, knock on wood, goes down, my punter can kick. I have the contingency <laughs> plan for that. So like, you know what I mean? Like, he literally did every – he is Batman. He's Batbean, okay? Batbean. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I like it. Is it has that been a nickname for Poyer and Hyde? Called the safety net. Did you make that up? I've never heard well, that before. I, I, oh, I never really thought. Did of you? It did you just make that nickname. up? I just. That I is just, an amazing it's, nickname. It's an analogy. It is a really good nickname, though. It is a really good nickname. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Yeah. I like that. The safety net. I was looking for a name for like the Buffalo. Like people say, the no fly zone or something like that. The safety net of Jordan Poyer and Micah Hyde. I like that. I think we, I think we, we just, well, you did, but I think I just called it out you know, organically <laughs> on the pod. <laughs> yeah. and if, I, you, if you use it, just, just mention me. All right. <laughs> if I, if I make a shirt out of it, you're getting the first one. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, so here's the, here's the thing. Like I'm, you brought up so many good points, like including the fact that, you know, we look at this roster right now, kind of like set in stone, like of who we think folks are at this point. Like there's certain like you, you mentioned the Von Millers of the world, the Justin or Josh Allen's, you know, Dan Dawkins, like we know these guys are good, right? Like we know that they're steady, that they're they're gonna play at a at a high level. You you forget sometimes about the players that could take the next step. You know, we talk about regression, let's talk about progression. Let's talk about players that uh you don't necessarily you think that you know where they stand, but if they take a big step up this season I mean, this is going to be huge for that side of the ball. I'm thinking like, um, I mean, the offense, there's so many pieces that have stepped up over. I, I'm, I'm thinking more like on the defensive side of the ball. I think like, I think Ed Oliver had his season, his breakout season last season, right? And I think he better. could, he's going to keep getting better. Exactly. That was not his ceiling, but he's show, he's finally making those splash plays. Right. He's finally, you know, showing you why he is. He's like, for me, I always kind of use the analogy of the Kyle Williams, right? Like, yeah. like Kyle Williams, 
would give you one or two splash plays a game. He would knife through the backfield. He'd take down a runner. He'd take down the quarterback. Like he's that kind of guy. Ed Oliver and has really, reached that level and more. Bring the crowd into the game because those plays are huge for momentum. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. Mm. No, you're good. It was, I, I, I agree 100%. So he's reached that level. So now when you're mentioning the defensive line, it's like Greg Rousseau. Is he going to make that next step this year? Is Boogie Basham going to – I'm reluctant to say that because he wasn't active a whole lot last season. So I think he's a good depth piece right now. Probably not. But is A.J. Epinesa going to step up? This is his third season. Like he's got he's to show something more than just like a rotational guy that he can actually legitimately compete with Greg Rousseau. Um, but imagine if Von Miller, like you said, being Von Miller, he coaches up Greg Rousseau, and you have a guy – that's on the other side of Von Miller that can that can wreak havoc, you know, like like the Los Angeles Rams did over, um, you know, the, against Von. I, I forget who the defensive end is on the. Is it is it Hendricks? Michael Hendricks? I don't know, but he's a really good defensive end on the other side. Like they have a, they Aaron Donald, they have Von Miller, they had you know Michael Hendricks or whoever was on the other side. Like they had oh, a Kendricks. good Kendricks. Kendricks, thank you. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think. yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know the other teams as well as I know the Bills. So. Same. I'm Same. Right there. <laughs> Uh, so, so imagine like that take it, but to me, like the biggest person that would take a step up, that would take this team to the next level is Tremaine Edmonds, middle linebacker. I like Tremaine Edmonds. I don't love Tremaine Edmonds. He's like one of those guys. So every, every season in the podcast, I have these guys. It's like, I like you. I want to love you. Let me love you. Show me that I Show me that I can love you. You know, before it was like Dawson Knox, right? Like a couple of seasons ago, it was like Dawson Knox. It's like, dude, like, I know you're talented. I know you're good. Please just show me like that you can do it because I like you. I want to love you. And he showed that last season. Dawson Knox had an amazing season last season. He's a top five tight end. You know, you could argue that that point. I, I think it's I think it's up there. Um, but I think Tremaine Edmonds, I like him. But I really want to love him. You know what I mean? Like I want him to take that huge next step where he's like a Luke Keekley type of middle linebacker. So he is the player when I look at like, you know, taking the next big step. I think Greg Rousseau and him are on the are on the same page. I expect Kair Elam to be like a good solid starter, not as good as Tredavious White, obviously, but like a good solid guy. When you look at this team, and we're talking offseason now, we're talking leading into training camp, are there players that you see on this roster? that could take a step up from where they are and make a bigger impact than like a Greg Rousseau or a Tremaine Edmonds? Or do you have a favorite of those two? Well, first of all, you literally have the same brain as me because you went through like every single player I was about to name, right? <laughs> so <laughs> um, so I, I, I guess I'll just address them um, in the order I thought of them in. Um, first, I have, I have a few. I have a few, if you don't mind. Um, first is Cody Ford. Okay. All right. I'll give you guys time to boo and, and, and curse my name and then tell me to go to hell. Okay. It's I get like, it. boo, boo this man. Exactly. <laughs> right. Oh, let me block justice. <laughs> All right. And so um, I, I think it's Cody Ford, right? I think with the arrival of Aaron Cromer, I think with a little more stability on the offensive line, as far as having your five, having that, you know, um, Cody board, Cody board. Cody Ford doesn't have as much pressure. Like, oh, you're a second round pick. Get it together. Like, you know what I mean? Like, people were kind of like, all right, we we kind of see what Cody Ford is, right? So I think this is a good opportunity for him to be like, no, I'm more than that. And and kind of take that underdog, you know, with the chip on your shoulder role versus the 
uh, you know, I'm anxious because I got to, you know, I, I got to per- perform, you know what I mean? Um, and, and again, with, with the, um, the, the rehiring of Aaron Cromer, right? Not to mention Ken Dorsey and, um, Joe Brady and, and, you know, uh, Shula coming in, you know, uh, that's three offensive minded geniuses, in my opinion, on one unimind staff. I think that's I, like, I really pe- don't quite think people grasp how special this is going to be uh, quite, quite as well as they should, because they're like, oh, Brian Dayball left. And so the Bills are going to be better. Okay, listen. Brian Dayball had, and I'm totally going off base. I'm sorry. Just give me one second. I promise I'll get back to what I'm saying. Right. Brian Dayball had the benefit of working with the most talented football player that is walking the planet. Okay. If you take a look back at the AFC championship game, we had 21 points with like four, four minutes or something left in the fourth quarter. You know, you look at the final score and you're like, Oh no, that's not Brian Dayball's fault. But then when you look back at that and you like 21 points, oh my God, that, it might be Brian Dayball's fault. You know what I mean? Like, and you know, there's times where like he's running three straight stretch plays under centered, like, but like, why are you taking the ball out of Josh Allen's hands when he's playing like a God in these playoffs? Right. And, and so I feel like Brian Dayball wasn't quite as good as people think he is. I, I really do wish him the best as a head coach. I hope he succeeds because he's in the NFC, so I don't care. Right. Um, but. I really think it was all Josh Allen, right? So I think if you give Ken Dorsey, uh, you know, I feel like he's really creative. I feel like Brady's really creative. I feel like Shula's really creative. And if you give them like, like, like if, if, if you're an artist, what, what, what do you want? You, you want a God level computer that literally just does anything you tell you, you, you know, you, it, 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 that's literally what you have in Josh Allen. You have like Jarvis where you can just say something and it just tells you what, what, what to, it gives you whatever you want. Right. So for this tool that they get to use to to kind of, you know, feed their creativity is is absolutely nuts. Right. And and I think that having that tool also with, you know, the return of Cromer, who is going to get this offensive of line in shape, in my opinion, because they're going to actually have a game plan in terms of running the football. You know, maybe other people didn't quite have that, you know, but they will. And um, I, I think he's going to be like, oh, OK, I actually know what I'm supposed to be doing now. And Cody Ford might miraculously look great. You know, people would be like, well, what happened? And it was like, well, he just didn't understand what his assignment was before. You know what I mean? Like he's being told so many different things. Well, you're playing tackle this week. Well, no, you're playing guard this week. You know what I mean? So, you know, maybe his wires got me. So I, I think. There's good reason to, to feel like maybe Cody Ford might take that next step this year. Um, so that is when I'm kind of a sleeper. I feel like it's a sleeper. Um, Tremaine Edmonds. Now I'm with you. I like Tremaine Edmonds. I love Tremaine Edmonds, but I wish I had better reason to love him. Right. Um, I think he is extremely talented and people can tell you all they want that you know, being young doesn't matter or whatever. He's the same age as some of these kids getting drafted this year. Okay. And he's already a a three-time pro bowler, two-time pro bowler, whatever. And I know that really doesn't matter because trust me, I don't watch the pro bowl, but it is, (laughs) it is an accomplishment. It is like, you know what I mean? Um, uh, he's the captain of the number one overall defense in the NFL. Like, Like, let's not, let's not, you know, 
belittle what he's done. He's done a, a fairly great job at, at what he's asked to do. And I was talking with Joe Marino about it, and he, he said he's like, Tremaine is asked to do a ton of things, and he does them very well, but people kind of harp on the times where he he doesn't do the job or, you know, and not only that, but we've seen the deficiencies in this defensive line. He's got 300-pound men running 4-7 speed at him, you know, full steam ahead. And he has to deal with that on a regular basis. And I think with the new defensive line, how stout, how thick it is, you know, um, you know, the, those guys in front of them uh, are a lot bigger, uh, you know, a, a lot, you know, just they just got more oomph, you know what I mean? And they got more strength. They'll be able to to clog it up a little bit. He's 6'5". He'll be able to see in the backfield. And I met him. I'm 6'10". And I was like, oh, my God, who is this kid? Like, you know You're 6'10"? I mean? You're 6'10"? Yeah. Whoa! No way! I can I can't tell over the computer. Right, yeah. You know, I don't get to just stand up in it. Yeah, but <laughs> but um, yeah, I was like, you know, anytime I see somebody that's tall, I I recognize it. You know what I mean? And and um, I, I met him, you know, at Darien Lake, and he, you know, he's he's a big guy. Like, you know, he's cool. He's a cool guy too. So that's another reason why I root for him. But yeah, um, you know, he I think he I think with the way this defensive line is structured now, uh, you know, with with more mass and more athleticism, um. I love Harrison Phillips, but give me Tim Settle any day, okay? <laughs> give me Tim Settle. That boy is a beast. All right, um, not only that, but Dequan Jones is a beast, right? We know what Jordan Phillips can do. We've seen it. He was our best defensive lineman the year he left, right? Um, you know, and he now he's coming in to be depth, right? You know what I mean? So, like, um, you know, Boogie Basham and and, and uh, Gregory Rousseau, I, I'll speak to Boogie Basham first. I think – when you're a second round pick and you see them just go H on your, your position, you, that has to motivate you. Like, okay, they don't believe in me. Like you need to step it up. You know what I mean? And I think that is going to be a thing for Boogie Basham. I think he's going to recognize like people literally forgotten about me. And I was literally the second player they took in that draft. You know what I mean? Um, and, and I think that's going to motivate him. And I think being around all these talented defensive linemen is going to motivate him. And I think he's going to show out a bit. I like him more on the inside personally. I do. I do. I like him at defensive tackle. I think he can, I think he can, you know, I think he has speed and the strength to be solid at that position. And then he can even move outside, but so can Tim Settle, you know? Um, so I, I do like him. And then a, a guy like Gregory Rousseau. Um, he, he, he is a prime Brandon Bean pick because it, it, you know, if you look at Brandon Bean's history in the draft, you, you know, Josh Allen, he was supposed to be a number one overall pick, had a down year and an injury at Wyoming. They got him a seven, right? Uh, 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 there was, uh, Gregory Russo was supposed to be, he had half a sack less than Chase Young. So if he would have did that again, he would have been a top two, top three pick, right? You know, um, he didn't play at all. So they got him at 30. I'm like, hell yeah, I'll take that. You know what I mean? You look at Ed Oliver was supposed to be a number one overall pick. Had a down year and an injury at Houston. Take him at nine. You know, so he clearly he, he's a part of that MO where like this guy is extremely talented. Um, he just had a bad year. So we'll take him because we can, we, we can, you know, make the most out of that talent. And, um, I, I think that A, they will and B, you bring in, you know, like, like I mentioned earlier, you bring in a guy like Von Miller who is just like him in terms of freakishly athletic gifts, you know, um, speed, strength, you know, the football acumen. Von Miller has got it all right. So if you have a guy like that to teach 
a guy who could potentially be like that, I think that works out for all parties involved because Von Miller is not worried about him taking the spot. First of all, he's been here longer than Von Miller, right? <laughs> so Von Miller is like, I'm on the back end of my, you know, my, my career. I still happen to be one of the best in the league. So I'm going to get this money and I'm going to use the abilities that I have while I have them to go out and win a Super Bowl. And for Von Miller to win a Super Bowl, it is in his best interest to make sure that Gregory Russo is as much of a dog as he is. Right. And I think he's going to make that happen. Um, and so with all that being said, I think all of that good juju and good energy is going to spread around the defensive line. And I think they're all going to have the right mentality going into game days. And I think they're going to know if, if I mess up, I'm, I'm getting replaced immediately because there's mad people with talent waiting, you know, to, to replace me. And um, I think you're going to get the iron sharpens iron type of thing. And I think that is going to bode well for Tremaine Edmonds because he's just going to look back in the backfield. Oh, where the ball going? All right, let me go. There's a hole right there. I'm going to close that hole and I'm going to, you know what I mean? And, and I think he looks a lot more efficient and I think he looks a lot. And, and I think people will be able to recognize his talent a lot better this year. I still want to see better field awareness in terms of like ball skills and, and you know, things like that. But if he can improve on that, I, I think he's just nervous to be completely honest. I, I think he's just nervous a lot of the times. And I, I think that, once he gets over that, uh, he could be our Luke Keekly, you know? Yeah. When you say that, so I have a ton of things to, to hit on because you hit on so many really good points. The, the the thing you just mentioned about Tremaine Edmonds, like, like I get the feeling like he's a great guy. He seems like a really cool, nice guy. Awesome Very awesome person, right? Very quiet, though. Yes. And I think... I, and I don't want to say that people, because I was shy for a lot of my life, like a very quiet kid and stuff like that growing up. And I think a lot of that comes from lack of confidence. Um, for me, at least. Now, I can't speak to Tremaine Edmonds. Maybe he's just a quiet guy. Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like he's kind of lacking a little bit of confidence. Like, like I, I think he knows he's good, but I don't think he's like, like you are. Yeah, it's a lot of pressure, right? Like, I think people rely on him. I think people think he's good, but people aren't like he is the leader in the locker room. We take our orders from him. It comes in like, like, like you said with Von Miller, like you made a perfect example of Von Miller on the defensive line. It'd be nice if Tremaine Edmonds was like that for the entire defense. And that's a great point, Nate, because now maybe Von Miller shows, you know, Tremaine Edmonds how to do that. Yeah, which would be great. Which would, which would that that contract would pay all in and <laughs> yeah, itself just itself. to just to do you know, ten times over to get like other guys to bring up their their game, like even someone that's not on the defensive line with him, like a Tremaine Edmonds. Man, that would be that would be fantastic. And uh, we mentioned this on your podcast on Justice for All, but like um, we were talking about Tremaine Edmonds then, and you talked about giving him just now giving him all this defensive lineman ahead of him to really like really give him the chance to make more plays. And I kind of likened it to the bills getting Josh Allen, Stefan Diggs, and really proving like, are you a franchise quarterback? We'll give you a great weapon. Let's see what you can do with it. And this is what they did. It feels like that's kind of what they're doing for Tremaine Edmonds. Maybe not no, directly, like but indirectly. Analogy. Like give him this great defensive line, the best defensive line, in, in theory that he's ever had since he's been drafted. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Which we you know, all, all know that he was drafted at 13. So now, yeah. you know, he's finally, in the six. Josh was seven and Tremaine was 16. So 16. Seven, 
<laughs> I meant the age, not like the draft oh, pick order. <laughs> my bad. I'm sorry. Sixteen. He was 13 years old. Everyone knows that. He just gets younger and younger every year. No, I'm just <laughs> seven one six. That's a good memory. I gonna. I will never forget that. Now um, <laughs> that's how I learned it too. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. You just came up with another T-shirt idea, man. You just like all along, uh, but no, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's the same thing. Like you give him the best offensive line in front of him, make him prove himself. Are you our franchise middle linebacker? We think you are. Now just prove it to us. You should take another step forward. I think he will. I think he'll 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 get it together. Like you mentioned before, we've all said he's young. He's a young guy. People think that doesn't matter, but it truly does. When you think of like someone. Like you said, you're, you're, you're 27 now, like, right? Like I'm in my thirties, not going to say, oh, thirties, right? Like, like, you know, I'm much older than you, but like, you know, there's a definite maturity. Your brain develops at 25. Like there's so many points, like different mental and physical points Absolutely. that like you get to a certain stage that matter in the way that you're still you learning yourself. You're still learning. Yeah. yeah. I'm still learning myself. Absolutely. Like I'm going to be learning myself till I'm, you know, seventies or eighties. Right. I hope <laughs> so. But, but here's something that's really interesting that you're mentioning Cody Ford. Cody Ford is your is one of your sleeper picks to to make a step forward in the next year. You mentioned Brian Dable leaving for the Giants. Bobby Johnson, the offensive line coach, leaves for the Giants. Oh, now you have yeah, now thank God, right? Like I tried this I tried to whisper. <laughs> we thought we were getting the next best thing because he was a uh, the offensive line coach assistant in Indy, which they have like a wrecking crew at offensive line. Right. So we thought that we didn't get that necessarily. I, I have this sneaking suspicion that, and I want to know your thoughts on this, that I think Brian Dable was good. Don't get me wrong. Like, I think I respect him. I think he had some good ideas. Um, I think it's more that Josh Allen made Brian Dable than Brian Dable made Josh Allen. Right. Like, and the reason why I think about that is because you mentioned the KC game, like just like running three stretch plays. Like, what are you doing? Like, why would you not pass the ball? Like, why would you not, why would you not attack? Like with Teron Matthew went out in the first quarter. Why would you not attack the backup safety? Things like that. Like there's just certain things that I feel like he just misses out on. And um, when given free reign and it's like, Josh, do your thing in 21 points in, you know, two minutes. Right. So, so I'm looking at like things like that, like the offensive line, not coming together until the second half of the season. Right, like until injuries forced Ryan Bates into the position, then all of a sudden they started clicking. Like one could argue that like Bobby Johnson, Brian Dable has held back this team in certain ways that they necessarily would have. It was luck that they found Ryan Bates. Like I mean, not that they found him, but that they actually started him and he became the starter. Like by accident. Like where was your coaching? Why did they not see this in practice? Why were you guys not listening? I mean, because you know, like. I don't think Sean Mc. I think he meddles in some areas and has some thoughts, but for the most part, I think he leaves the offensive alone. And if Bobby Johnson is telling him like Ryan Bates is not ready, like you have to start Cody Ford over him, he's going to do it. He's not just going to be like, "Well, you're wrong." You know, he's going to say this. I think that's what happens. I think that's one of the reasons why Bobby Johnson left is because Brian because Sean McDermott kind of was like, "Well, why wasn't he starting before?" You know, he he holds people accountable. I'm sure. Um, I get more of the feeling that Josh Allen made Brian Dable. And that Brian Dable never succeeded. Of course, he didn't have much to succeed with as an offensive coordinator before. But I think Josh Allen totally made Brian Dable as as the other way. I think Brian Dable helped him. I think he gave him assistance. Um, but I, I feel like it's more 
the other way. And I think you're going to see Josh Allen maybe even take a step forward this season because I think Ken Dorsey is going to give him a little bit more freedom um, than maybe Brian, Do- Brian Dable did. What, what are your thoughts on that? And do you see any of the same? No, man, absolutely. I, I think you hit the, the nail on the head. You know, um, Brian Dayball, let me, let me preface what I'm going to say by saying this. Brian Dayball is uber talented. Oh my God. Like drawing up plays, coming up with, with schemes, passing schemes. Okay. Now passing. He is a evil genius. And when I say evil genius is because he forgets how to do it in the most important times. Okay. He'll literally. He's too busy doing his monologue, right? His monologue at the worst time. I don't know what it is. I don't know. Like he'll literally just forget everything that he, he got that made him great. You know, like I remember watching the film of some preseason games and I was like, you're breaking this out in the preseason. I was like, Oh my God, this year is about to be lit. And then we played the Steelers and I'm like, will you put a tight end on Melvin Ingram, please? Like, will you give him an extra blocker? Like, it's just like, he was just like, nah, who's just going to let him destroy our offensive line? And I, I was just so dumbfounded. Like there, there would be times where there is an obvious solution and he just refuses to, to do it. It's like, you just trying to outsmart. I don't know what it is, but it, it comes off as you just like, like are falling asleep at the will. You know what I mean? Uh, like three stretch run plays in the AFC champ. Why? For what? Like, who, and who are you fooling? Like, you know, if you do it two times in a row, all right, now it's third and two. All right, great job. Don't do it again. Like, what are you doing? Like, you know, so I, I you know, it's not even a wrinkle in it either. It's, it's the same, same play. exact play. Now, or, you know, you're, you're, it's fourth, you know, fourth and one at, at midfield and you throw a backwards pass to your running back. Like, you remember that versus the Steelers? No, I don't it, remember so that it, one. That's it, you have a good memory. It, 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 just because I saw so I, I watched film of every game twice, so like it's all like repeating in my head all the time. Uh-huh. And so uh, it's 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 so dumbfounding because it's like if you had the most beautiful, gorgeous wife in the world, right? And she would just randomly knock her teeth out. And it's like, why are you doing that? Like, can you stop, please? Like, or it's just, it's just, it's, it's like, <laughs> like so random. And, and I don't know. I don't know, but, but I, I really do wish him success, but you are, you are absolutely right. He just did make Brian in the sense that Brian Dayball was able to get not only himself a job, but also his, his buddy, Joe Shong, Joe Shang. Um, a job. I'm sorry if I'm butchering his name. Uh, if you're able to get himself and him a job, and you guys are able to just do your thing and take over an entire NFL franchise, then yes, Josh made Dayball more than than Dayball made Josh. I do think Dayball taught Josh a lot, but I also think that Josh Allen is not only the most talented football player in the world, but he's also a football savant in the in the sense that his IQ is an A plus plus, which I think is very underrated, and people don't quite understand about Josh. You know, um, to to the degree that they probably should. If you if you're gonna if you're gonna like evaluate quarterbacks, which which we're gonna do, <laughs> like <laughs> you, you got to take some of this stuff into account. So, um, but I, I do think that you know uh, Dayball really dropped the ball a lot, and it was like it was unforced errors. It was just like, I don't feel like winning this game right now. And so I won't, you know, I, I have everything I need to do it, but I just, I just won't do it. So like, 
I love the evil genius. It's like a perfect analogy. Like it was never like in all of those superhero movies, it was never their intelligence that held them back. It was their ability to, you know, complete the task, right? Like it just, just to come have everything to come to fruition. And that's like, that's ex- like you, you hit the, I mean, it was just perfect assessment of just getting overthinking yourself and getting way too ahead of what you're trying to do yeah. to like, think like in the moment, like, let's keep it simple like like the safety's out throw to the safety like you have one of the best safeties in the league throw to his backup like you know like you mentioned like chipping melvin ingram the guy's tearing apart your offensive line your right tackle can't handle it do something like you know like or or just the ability to run the ball just stuff like that um just the idea of like a draw play a screen pass like all these things are missing right it's just crazy um so so we mentioned a lot of really cool things right there. We could talk for hours. Like that's that's one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, man. This like awesome. we didn't even. This is this is this is such a fun time. Um, Justice, where can everybody find your your work, everything you do, and where all your socials that you have out there? Well, first of all, I appreciate that. Um, it, it's always nice, you know, when when because I put a lot of hard work into those videos, so it's nice, you know, when when people do enjoy them. Um, you know, I, I do it for you guys, so I'm, I'm glad that you guys enjoy them. Um, and again, thank you for having me on the show. This was absolutely awesome. Um, but so, all right. So, all right. Since, since we're at the end, I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can list off all the things without forgetting anything. Okay. So podcast YouTube manager for Buffalo fan base, host of justice for all that's Tuesdays at nine host of uh, home field advantage with my man caveman. That is Wednesdays at night, uh, host of first round by with my guy, Jake Jordan. That is Fridays at night. Um, also I'm a writer for a Buffalo fan base. I'm a writer for uh 96.5 WUFO. Um, and I'm definitely forgetting some stuff, but you know, video editing, all that other stuff. So, uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter at uh justice general, J U S T U S just us. It's just me and you, just <laughs> us, just us general. Um, and, uh, you know, that's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that the TikTok. And, I, I should start doing TikToks, but um, uh, I see Greg Thompson doing it, and I'm like, hey, that looks amazing, right? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, uh, you absolutely just uh, hit me up there, uh, talk to me about some football or, or whatever the case may be. And um, Nate is the greatest, so I appreciate him having me on his platform. Uh, you know, and you guys hear his podcast. If you're listening, you, you know how great he is. So, uh, thank you again, Nate. I appreciate you, man. <laughs> oh, you have to say that, man. <laughs> you have to say that. But if I was going to talk about myself, like you talked about yourself, like elite level, God level, like, <laughs> I, <laughs> I want, I don't want to say too much, but you know, I'm saying, no, 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 I, I, I certainly appreciate it. And like we mentioned, it is justice general the general is not self-class that is legitimately his name <laughs> yes. so don't you dare think well oh what does he think he is what is he the general of like no that is his name man like give him a follow you like you're a great follow on social media like i met you through like vince vince would tell vince me about you before guy. i even yeah vince i gotta have vince on in the off season too but like vince vince is like always talked up you he talked about you know um justin and andrew which i'm gonna have on soon too and like just mentioned you guys like about cool and so i'm glad that this like i heard you on the same, like we we were both on the mafia hot seat, like one time, like so. I listened, read, listen back to the episode. I'm like, oh, that's justice. Like I've seen him over Twitter. Let me like like hear what he's actually like. So I think I messaged you then. Like you did a great job. Yep. Um, you know Zach Vaughn, I think was on the episode too. Like that was cool to hear him too. Like it's cool to connect with guys to that. And we mentioned like we mentioned that shooting earlier, and it was really sad news. Like people trying to connect through the internet for like some terrible things, some awful things. But like in the same point, like. 
it's brought together certain people that like share this common interest like me or you like i wouldn't you wouldn't know i exist if it wasn't through through twitter necessarily or whatever like or social media or whatever like this just like this this connects us these it like brings together people. a lot of people from different backgrounds to have like a common interest and yeah absolutely i agree i've met some amazing people in the bills community like i never would have imagined like i've been a bills fan my entire life and i've been on twitter for like 10 years but I just discovered the Bills community like two, three years ago, maybe. I never would have imagined it was this friendly, this supportive. I would meet so many great people. So I absolutely 100% agree. Yeah, yeah. City of good neighbors, man. So this is so good to have you on. Justice, you are the man. I certainly appreciate it. We'll have to do it again sometime. And uh, and uh, yeah, here's to, here's to, here's to an exciting fun off season you kicked it off perfectly and uh looking forward to to more that more of the content and everything else that you're producing over there at the, at the buffalo fan base thanks man i really appreciate you you know I'm, i've been a big fan forever and uh it, it's it's been a pleasure man this was absolutely awesome so thank you and uh, of course go bills <laughs> go bills i love it Thank you for listening to the Circling the Wagons podcast. Download and subscribe to us in your favorite podcast service. Email us at ctwpod at gmail.com. That's Charlie Tango Whiskey Pod at gmail.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at ctwpod. And most importantly, go Bills! Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills. Nobody circles the wagons like the Buffalo Bills, mate. <laughs>